Hello, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Christ followers, people who are hungry for more of Jesus. Welcome back to White Hot Glory, the podcast where you can come to learn how to be white hot for God's glory in this cold, dark world, these end days. Just like before Noah and the days of the flood, men have grown exceedingly evil and dark and the sin that is going on in the world is being peddled as good yet we know as believers because of the word of God that it is not and this is what is signifying the end days before our glorious redeemer comes and I am compelled this morning to speak to you from the book of Nehemiah about the rebuilding of the church and I believe that this is so parallel to our churches today because the governments have mandated a shutdown and have ordered us to forsake the gathering but that is not what the word of God says so please come back and join me um I woke up this morning to a notification that I now have listeners in the Philippines. And this just gets cooler and cooler, you guys. The Lord is doing something here and it's it's humbling and exciting and it's just radical. And that is the God we serve. Only God can take some ex- convict from Orange County who has a heart for him and have people hear my story and hear his word and hear how powerful he is from Orange County, California and then take it to Germany and then take it to Australia and then take it to the Philippines and So God bless you in the Philippines. You guys have some amazing food. Lumpia, pancit, mm, chicken adobo, yum. You guys have some really great culture. And you you guys have these family units that just love one another regardless of what is going on. And that is what we are called to do in the body of Christ. So God bless you, my brothers and sisters, abundantly. Do not forsake the gathering. And um, I hope this message blesses you guys, especially anybody in, in the world right now who is unsure of what to do. Remember that your allegiance, your obedience, your law comes from the God of Israel, we are not ever to fear or obey man when they're putting their law above God's because that is not even possible. The King of Kings has the final say. So thank you so much for joining me. God bless you guys. Keep the faith. Burn white hot for his glory and we will be back in a few moments. Also, if you are listening to this podcast on anything other than Anchor, you are missing out on the 
the song clips that I have at the beginning and the end and sometimes in the middle of my podcast. They um, Anchor FM has these Spotify clips that I can splice in and I always splice in my favorite Christian artists before and after each podcast. Um, most of them, I'd say about 90% of them. So please get the Anchor app because you're missing out on some really great Christian music, not the cheesy stuff that you can predict the next chord or predict the next word. Really good stuff like Torin Wells and Stephanie Gretzinger and um, Lecrae and Andy Mineo and uh, Jackie Velazquez and Johnny Cash and Johnny Cash's um, gospel album, Elvis Presley's gospel album. So please, please get the Anchor FM app. God bless you guys and I will... Return in just a couple minutes. Welcome back. It is a blessing to do this. It is an honor to do this and I know that there are days to come where I will probably be no longer able to do this because persecution of the Christian church is upon us and I just want to give you hope. Make sure that you are reading your Bibles before it becomes illegal. Make sure that you are hiding the word of God in your heart. This is how you will be able to withstand what is to come and what is already here in some cases. Um, in Nehemiah 3, chapter 3, actually, I'm sorry, Nehemiah, well, 3 and 4. We'll be in chapter 4 now that I'm looking at the actual chapter. Nehemiah has begun to rebuild the temple. And there are the Ammonites who are angry about this. And the Ammonites start to plot against the rebuilding of the church. And I'm sorry, the temple. And I see a great parallel in this in what is going on in our world today. The, the Ammonites decide that they're going to be angry. They're going to plot together and come up against Jerusalem and fight and just stir up trouble against it. And that happens in, in 4.8. And then in cha- uh, verse 9, they, the Nehemiah says, But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Now that the churches are gathering anyway against the mandates of the governors here in California, there are legal cases that are opening. San Luis Obispo County has been declared a sanctuary county for those who want to go and freely worship. And I think that is Wonderful. God bless whomever it was that enabled that to come through. 
But what about the rest of California? What about people in other countries like you in Australia and the Philippines and Germany and the UK, wherever else they are forsaking us to gather freedom, freedom freely in, in religion? If we do not stand and build our church right now, we will no longer have a church to attend. If the temple of the Lord, of the God of Israel, can be turned into rubble in the Bible, then our churches today can absolutely be targeted. They're already being burned throughout the world. China just collapsed one of their churches and they they bombed it. They they didn't bomb it. They they, you know, put explosives there and literally blew up the church. We have our standing churches today. We should be inside of them. My husband and I are debating on whether to go find another church with the doors that are open. Because it just does not seem right to us in our spirits to be attending a church outside when when everybody can go to the same grocery store. Everybody can go to the same Walmart and be inside and touch all the same things but not go inside of a a building or a house of worship and that just seems very wrong very wrong to us and it's against the word of god so um <clears throat> let's get into verse 11 of chapter 4 in Nehemiah Also our enemies said, Before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them, and we will kill them and put an end to the work. And that is what is going on in the mandates. These governors are passing these things at the midnight hour, saying, you know, we'll just implement this new mandate, and they won't be able to do anything about it. But there are watchers pastors that are paying attention to what is going on in the law and they are sounding the alarm and so brothers and sisters if you have phones and you are able to call your your local legal um anybody in the law anybody who is holding office right now see what you can do see what you can do to fight against this whether it's writing letters whether it's writing emails whether it's making phone calls please be active, especially if you are at home anyway. Verse 14 says, After I looked things over, this is Nehemiah speaking, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Verse 15, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. 16, 
From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind the wall, or behind all of the people of Judah, who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand, and each held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword at the sides as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. 21. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. 22. At that time I also said to the people, Have every man and his helpers stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve us as guards by night and workmen by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water. Now what is our weapon? Our weapon is the sword of the Spirit. Our truth our Bible, our Word of God. We should be carrying our Bibles everywhere. And if you don't have a Bible, memorize Scripture and carry it with you in your heart and go over those verses as you walk. Teach your children. Right now, Our churches are like rubble because we are not fully functioning as we once were. The core remnant, I'm speaking to you. This is a call to rebuild. This is a call to stand up and fight. Fight for what is good and holy and righteous. I believe that the rebuilding that must happen now in our churches will be what keeps the people who are left behind afloat after the rapture. The work you do today will carry on and serve brothers and sisters in the future. I take my Bible with me Every time I leave the house, that is a habit that I established three years ago when I realized how precious the word of God is. There's a speaker named Ken Graves who actually carries a, a, he has a, a holster for his Bible on his belt. And so he literally carries his sword on his side everywhere he goes. And I think that is rad. My Bible's too big for that. (laughs) 
but it is it is a good habit to have and maintain so that you are able to have a word for somebody wherever you go or for yourself. God will fight for us, but we must give him something to work with. If we just stay in our homes and do nothing, we don't give God anything to work with. Pray and ask God what he wants you to do. Ask him to show you where he wants to put you, how he wants to use you during this time. The Lord has put something specific on my heart besides this podcast. And so I know that I am at what my next step is in my, in my walk. But that is only because I ask him and I ask him to show me. And he will. He is faithful. The Lord says over and over in his word, do not be afraid. Do not fear. I have heard that he has... 366 scriptures one for each day about not being afraid and if you really believe in the power of the Lord the God who created everything this whole entire universe every cell and atom in your body and everything else you can look around and see he can and will guard you Ask him to guard your heart and guard your tongue and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Verse 19 says, The work is extensive and spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. The wall right now represents the church, the true church, whether it's here in America or in China or in Australia, Germany, the Philippines, we must rebuild. There are things in the future that count on this, which is why when we rebuild, we must rebuild based solely on the word of God. I saw a a graphic yesterday that grieved my spirit. And it shows a car and in the front seat are sitting a church building with a steeple and Jesus And the church is driving. And Jesus is looking at the church and he's saying, Remember when you used to let me drive? And it is so true today. Pastors are so worried about attendance and numbers and money. Yet they do not know the state of their flocks. 
I once attended a church for two years and had never spent more than five minutes talking to my pastor. And it's a good thing that I was in my word and in my prayer constantly. Because if you do not have a pastor who knows his sheep, who knows the state of his flock, because he is meeting with them personally, not because of what other people say, because you cannot know what's going on in somebody's life truly from what other people say. Pastors, if you're listening to me, please spend some time with your flock. Not the elders, the lowly of the flock, the broken of the flock. If you can strengthen the lowly and the broken of your flock, they will then in turn become some of your strongest. It says that if you care for your lambs, that in the next season they will provide your wool. I see a neglect of the flock especially because of social media and social distancing. These things are not social. Real, true, social is in person. The enemy has deceived this generation to think that being social is texting one another. If you are not going into one another's homes and you are not looking into one another's eyes and you are not in the same place where tone of voice is heard and countenance is seen, it is not social and you cannot really know what is going on. And that is what Satan wants. If, as a society, we get any further apart from one another, we cannot stand together against evil. We cannot stand together to build a wall if we are all in separate places. It's divide and conquer. A house divided against itself cannot stand. 
There are many verses in the Bible about division and how the Lord hates it. It does not say in the Bible that social division is okay. If everyone is cut off from one another, this is dangerous. It is more dangerous than a virus that has killed less than 0.06% of the world population, which is far less than the flu or pneumonia. We can... just do like we do during flu season take care of our bodies and take proper precautions with this pedophilia thing these masks make children anonymous these masks literally shut their mouths and muffle their voices but they also do that to the adults and I know I'm going to get a big backlash for this but somebody must speak I heard somebody say the other day it's like those awkward junior high dances where the boys are on one side, the girls are on the other. Nobody wants to go and be the first ones to dance because they don't want to look silly and they're not sure what everybody else is going to do. So here I am, standing in the middle of the dance floor, telling my brothers and sisters in Christ, It's time to dance. Look at me. I am out here and I am speaking the word of God. I am speaking truth into your lives. I am speaking about rebuilding these churches before they actually end up burned down and blown up and banned. I'm extending my hand to my brothers and sisters asking you to please come dance with me in the presence of our Lord, just like David did. David danced for joy because of who God is and what he does and how powerful he is. And just like his wife at the time saw him and despised him, yes, some will see and despise us. But what does that mean? really mean in the end nothing because we're being obedient to our God the creator of all the Bible says do not forsake the gathering if your church is not gathering It's going against what God says in his word. 
We are being conditioned. I will probably be banned from the airwaves eventually for the things that I say. But just like the quote-unquote fact-checkers that are banning the truth... So be it. Psalm 81, 13 says, and this is the Lord speaking. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Now listen to this, verse 15. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. The Lord knows what is in man's heart. He knows the people who are going to church and just playing church. And he knows who really seeks him every day. And it says right here, the pretenders, their fate will endure forever. That means they are headed to hell and they will burn for eternity. It's the season to choose. It's the season to walk in faith. Are you a soldier for Christ or a prisoner of Satan? There is no in-between. Satan will have you believe that you're okay as long as you're just going about your daily business not really hurting anybody God says you're for me or against me Psalm 31 23 Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. One of my very favorite songs in the world is written by... um, a very dear man to my heart, Pastor Johnny Reno. And it's it's called You Can Come Back Tonight. And it's actually not even recorded, and it should be, and I'm really working on trying to hopefully make that happen someday. Um, part of the lyrics are, All my hope is in you, Lord. You are my sure reward. 
You can come back tonight and take me away. In the blink of an eye, what a glorious day. It will happen in the blink of an eye. What will you be doing during that eye blink? Are you going to be a rebuilder of this separated, socially distanced, unlawful church according to man? I hope and pray so. That is my prayer for my listeners. That there will be a great awakening. And if that is your heart's desire as well, all you have to do is pray that the Lord will awaken and set a fire in your soul so that you will be a light to others. It's just like a candle. When you go to a candlelight vigil and you have that first lit candle and then you turn to the person next to you and you light your candle off of theirs and the person next to you lights their candle off of yours. That is what I I want and desire to see in this world right now. And I believe that's what the Lord wants to see too. Just one candle at a time, lighting another candle. And and when he looks down on this dark world to see all these little lights just burning brightly in expectation and hope for Jesus' return. Gosh, I've been tearing up so much when I when I do these podcasts. It's so funny because I'm just not a crier, but when I think about what the Lord has done and what he wants to do, it it moves me greatly. My heart used to be so very hard. So very hard and small and ugly. It's still a work in progress, but he has changed it. One of my prayers that I've been praying since I came to know him is, Lord, give me largeness of heart and a softer heart. And Ezekiel 26, 36 heart. Take my heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. It's so easy to have a hard heart in a world like ours today. And we're not supposed to. If Jesus had had a hard heart, he wouldn't have died on the cross for us. He would have said they deserve it. And we do. I absolutely deserve to burn in hell for all of eternity for all of the sins that I committed (laughs) 
And that's why I'm so grateful for Jesus Christ. I didn't know how sinful I was until I started reading the Bible. I thought I was okay. That is why it's so important to read your Bibles. I went to a church in the beach area uh, about, oh, I want to say about uh, two years ago now. And I was just visiting, and the pastor got up there and talked about how many millions of dollars they needed to build this building. And then went on to deliver his sermon for the day. And he talked about Moses and how he was leading the Israelites through the wilderness and he said, okay, you know, turn to your Bibles here. And there were just only a couple Bibles that you could hear in the congregation. And he said, if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. The Israelites didn't have Bibles back then. So if you don't have yours, that's no big deal. If you don't read yours, it's no big deal. The Israelites didn't read theirs. And I just, I, I, I had to force myself to stay seated in my seat and not stand up and and ask the pastor what he had just said to his congregation. If your pastor is not encouraging you to read your Bible daily, you're following the wrong pastor. There's no way that you will know if you are sinning against God. That you will know what he will want you to do in your life because that is mostly how he speaks to his people. He will show you a verse and speak into your heart what it is that he wants you to do. I cannot tell you how important it is to read your Bible make time for it. You make time for what is important to you. Is God and what his plan is for your life important to you or not? You won't see what is happening. Again, Nehemiah 4.23 Neither I, nor my brothers, nor my men, nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon, even when he went for water. Our Bibles are our weapons, especially now. Don't be caught unawares. Don't be caught without your weapon. We have them. They're not illegal. At least not here in California yet. This rebuilding of the church is the most important thing that we could possibly be doing right now. 
So please call a meeting. It could be a meeting with masks on. It can be a meeting with hand sanitizer, but do it and figure out right now what the Lord wants you to do in your church. Don't just gather together and say, we need to meet and we need to rebuild. Ask the Lord, let him drive, let him show you what he wants you to do in your church. He might want your church to focus on one specific type of ministry. And he might have your neighboring church focus on another ministry. Ask God what he will have you do. He will answer. And if he is silent for a time, then fast and pray. And wait for his answer. And pray for your leaders. Now more than ever. Pray that they will be guided by his Holy Spirit. And by his word. And that they will be strengthened and revived according to his word. That they will have clarity and understanding and wisdom from on high. That they will put on their full armor and be led by God and God alone. And pray that for yourselves as well. Be strong, brothers and sisters. Be courageous, brothers and sisters. Just like in Joshua, God will go with you. He will fight for you. He will lead you. He will empower you. If you feel His Holy Spirit stirring in you right now, that you are to be a rebuilder during this time and a soldier during this time, then just tell the Lord, here I am. Use me. Strengthen me. Send me. Show me. That's all he's been waiting for you to say to him. Let me pray before I sign off for today. Holy Father, Redeemer, Master, Creator, Healer, Provider, our strength, our strong tower, our protection, You are our all. 
The only reason that we exist is because of you and for you, Father. And I pray for my brothers and sisters and myself, our pastors, our leaders, our mothers, our children, our families, our neighbors. Father, revive our hearts. Set them on fire for you, Lord. Help us to find time to open your word and give us understanding as we seek you, as we seek your will, as you show us and guide us where we fit into this rebuilding. Please give us soft hearts and open eyes and open ears, Lord, and speak to us. Father, we desire to hear your voice. We ask that you strengthen our faith, that you renew our minds and our hearts and our souls. That you will help us to cast out anything in our lives that take our time away from you or separate us from you. And I pray for purposed hearts, just like Daniel, purposed in his heart to follow you, Lord, to do your will. Lord, I pray that for anybody who is listening. Show them what their purpose is. Show them where they are to go, who they are to speak to, who they are not to speak to. You tell us in your word that we are to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And Father, I ask for you to give us that wisdom and that gentility. Please carefully place our steps before us. Light up the paths in front of our feet. Let us not step on those serpents. Let us not be consumed Pour out your mercy and your forgiveness and your redemption, Lord. Help us to do your will. Guide us by your spirit alone. And we ask this in Jesus' name for your kingdom and your glory. Father, be the glory in our midst and the wall of fire around us, Please, and thank you for hearing us, for what you're going to do, for all of our lives, for saving us from certain death. We praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for being a good, kind, merciful Redeemer. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.